Okay, well, welcome. Once again, this is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy that you guys are tuned in at the start of this new year. What a start to the new year, Dave. Oh, Can yeah. You believe it? Yes. I mean, no, I on. can't believe it. <laughs> but anyhow, you know, every time I see snow, it reminds me of Isaiah. Yes. Where it says, come let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Right. Though Amen they be like that. crimson, yeah. they shall be as, like wool. And mm-hmm. I, that, that's one of the redemptive things about the snow. But yes. we're very happy to be together. And as promised last week, we have a special guest. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to have, have a special guest next week. Terrific. And yeah. so um, without further ado, well, welcome, Willis, to the show. Oh, thank you so much, John. And uh, we, we appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to share with you. Thank you. All right. God bless you. And we're going to get into your story. Now, anyone listening... Uh, if there's any problem with distortion or maybe the weather, especially as you come into the uh, western part of Cleveland, what we always recommend is you just live stream the show, and you can do that by going to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. But actually, I've heard the cold weather actually makes the radio frequency, uh, radio yeah, waves yeah. travel farther and better. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But I do know people in Cleveland... They like to live stream it, yeah, and then people in the Lorraine totally right. don't go in that uh, westerly mm-hmm. direction. Just pick it up on the radio. So thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we we're very grateful for uh, Power Radio eighty nine point yeah. one FM that we have this platform that yes. gets such interesting guests, such mm-hmm. a wide variety of guests on. With our whole purpose is simply to glorify God and see His kingdom extended. So Willis, without further ado, um, maybe you could just introduce yourself and give us a little about your story. And uh, then we want to move forward to the vision uh, and your, your heart, uh, particularly for the temple in the book of Revelation and how that's high detail and what might that tell us today and what application it has uh, in our lives today. So we're going to turn it over to you, Willis, and just uh, start where you'd like to start. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, my name is Willis Whiteside, and uh, I live with my wife, Debbie, in Lawrenceville, Georgia. We have... Four, uh, we have four daughters and ten grandchildren, so uh, we keep the South populated down here, and uh, <laughs> it's nice and sunny down here today, so hopefully uh, the rest of the audience, uh, when they do hear this show, uh, will appreciate that. Um, so anyway, uh, I am basically a designer. I'm an industrial designer. I have my uh, bachelor's degree from Ohio State, uh, which I study product design, and that's designing products new ideas or inventions that people come up with and we help them do the drawings and the 3D CAD modeling and prototyping to help them bring an idea to the market. So, so you're a Buckeye. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm wow. a Buckeye. <laughs> okay. I, I sure am. So, uh, oh, you got nice audience reception now. You do. Okay. <laughs> so uh, well, back then, Ohio State's Industrial Design School was known as uh, one of the top and uh, was pretty tough to get through. So uh, they put me through quite a rigor to uh, to get where I am today, but certainly appreciative of that university and uh, everything they uh, helped me uh, to get where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, so a- anyway, um, so we, we do that, and on the side, I sort of draw and paint. Um, and every year of my business, uh, I started White Light Design. So you can look up whitelightdesign.com, that's L-I-G-H-T, um, and, and see our work. But we ended up 
doing sort of an annual Christmas card or holiday card uh, to give gratitude to our customers. Uh, I would do the painting and Debbie would write the inside of the card and story to elaborate on the, uh, the, uh, the sharing for the season. So it sort of became an annual tradition that we would do this illustrated custom card, which you could also look on the website under the portfolio of uh, the gallery of holiday cards. Um, but to make a long story short, we ended up doing the cards, and this past year, uh, on in 2021 in December, instead of doing a custom card, we decided to do a 30-year celebration of all the cards that we did, which also concluded with a unveiling of a painting, which was uh, an acrylic painting on canvas, which is six foot by six foot, of the throne of heaven. So um, that story goes back about, I think I did the first sketch of the throne back uh, in like 2015 and through the years did the painting, but unveiled the painting and um, uh, just this December 10th uh, to everybody and we're starting to share the story. But uh, my personal story is, um, you know, I was born in Virginia, raised on a small farm, Got to move to Cleveland, uh, Fairview Park, Ohio, uh, when I was in the fifth grade, and sort of grew up in the inner city suburb kid and, and all that. So I, my mother took me to Bible school when we were small. I remember that, and remember that it was, uh, you know, I think I went to bed every night praying to Jesus, you know, Jesus, Lord, I love you, and knowing he was with me. Somehow just uh, having his comfort with me at all times, uh, Part of that story is I never really got to meet my father or my mother divorced when I was about three to four years old. So my recollections of him are uh, very slim. So I sort of grew grew up without a father figure for a little while. My mother remarried uh, my stepfather, Walt, and we moved to Cleveland, uh, Fairview Park. So uh, growing up through all that stuff, we didn't really go to church. Uh, my stepfather uh, you know, didn't go there, but we would go for Easter and maybe Christmas. My mom would get us dressed up to go there. So sort of had religion and I would say Christianity in my blood. Uh, appreciated that uh, I knew there was something more than what was in this life, but didn't really practice or let's say honor God uh, like I should have. Hmm. So. Um, I think from from that point, I got to uh, go to Ohio State. My mother actually dropped me off at the dorm at Ohio State in 1978 and said, you're here and you're going to get a degree. And at the time, I was enrolled in the School of Industrial Design, so I was blessed to uh, get a student loan, and my sister co-signed a loan for me and uh, able to put myself through school and graduate from Ohio State in 1983. But I can tell you, uh, Columbus, Ohio, and High Street at the time, being uh, 18 to 20 years old, was right. uh, a time of experimentation with uh, many things, uh, including alcohol and so forth. So right. I had not uh, found the Lord yet, I would say. Uh, still going to bed praying for him, but certainly never thought of him as a uh, you know someone that was really there guiding me or someplace I would end up with him if it was possible. But maybe a, a turning point for me was uh, I had a, a steady girlfriend uh, back in, in the college, and uh, we found out she got pregnant. And at the time, you know, I was a young adult thinking, I'm just starting my life here. 
and we made the decision together for her to get an abortion, and so I participated in that, not knowing any ramifications of it, not even really thinking about it. It happened again about six months later. Now, don't get me wrong, we were uh, practicing birth control and thought we had it under control, but uh, obviously it didn't work. But at that time, I, uh, we had made the decisions, and uh, so I sort of had that weighing on my heart for since then. Something about it, uh, making that decision to participate in it uh, with my girlfriend at the time. And uh, so that sort of set a tone for my life. And I think after I graduated from school, I found a, uh, got a position at, uh, in Atlanta with a sign company as a designer. So I was uh, 24 years old in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, basically started living the party life uh, until I was 36 years old. I can tell you I was single, started my business out of a one-bedroom apartment, but uh, I certainly wasn't pursuing the Lord in any way. So I pursued astrology and some other um, mystical things, thinking I was connecting with the Lord. Right. But I went to an event out in California. It was called the Miracle of Love, but I went on sort of a vegetarian diet, and this uh, it was sort of a therapy-type session where you got to... Uh, do anger therapy and stuff like that, but uh, I think I was blessed by the Holy Spirit in that uh, time that I was in California. Uh, my body began to shake and get warm, and I knew something was going on. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I pretty much knew that uh, I had somehow connected with the Lord. I didn't know what that was. So uh, I came back from California. This was like probably 1993 or 94. Uh, I met my wife, Debbie, in uh, around 96, 5, something like that. Uh, maybe, I'm sorry, or 93, and then we ended up getting engaged and married in 1997. So uh, marrying Debbie and getting to know her, I think, really changed my life and my look at spirituality. So we, we started to go to church. So I was just going to church, um, let's say, um, on a regular basis because I knew I loved the Lord, but I needed to pursue it. Is that when you became a believer, do you feel, it was when you met your wife? <clears throat> I would say that I, I was baptized at the Hebron Baptist Church in 1999. Uh, I knew that was a moment uh, because I came to tears, you know. Uh -huh. uh, that moment I got baptized right before it, I knew that, you know, this was a big step. I came to tears. I felt that spirit flow within me that something was right so i think at that time is real i really made the decision now i'm going to pursue the lord more okay okay now i know that influenced your art i mean i'm looking at your your mm -hmm. painting here david also has a copy thank you for sending it yes thank you so did you become <clears throat> you have your professional uh career uh and then did you start studying the scriptures and then kind of that that was how you got more and more into uh, biblical art and, and the graphics and, and what we're, we're pursuing today? Yes. Um, so I, I think what happened was was I was uh, attending church one Sunday with Debbie, and we were there a little bit early, and I was interested in, I was reading Revelation. You know, the, uh -huh. the first sentence is, the, the person that reads this uh, story, uh, you know, story is blessed. So I thought, well, heck, I'll start here. So I read it, and then I just became fascinated fascinated at what I was reading, you know, uh -huh. six-winged living creatures and 
and all this stuff, and I knew I could sketch and draw. So in that Sunday um, service, I did a little noodle sketch on a 5 by 7 back of a piece of paper of the throne uh, and just did the sketch. So um, uh, let me just stop right here and share that if you do want to go look at the painting, you certainly can at any time. It's on our website at whitelightdesign.com slash throne dash light one more time one more time one more time drone dash light so you can then look up the painting but uh, that sketch was done in 2000 around 2006 or actually about 2006 uh, the sketch, and then around 2015-16, I started to expand upon the sketch. But before I could do that, I knew I had to learn more about the Bible to even feel qualified to draw such a magnificent, uh, you know, description. Uh-huh. So I just started reading, you know, Daniel, Isaiah. I went uh, out to the bookstores and got as many books as I find of people that had, say they have had the near-death experiences and uh, went to heaven or were visited, uh, went down the dark tunnel and came back and were able to tell their stories. So all those stories, the books, uh, you know, really inspired me that, hey, you know, there is a heaven. You are going to get to see your relatives there, and it's big. I knew that from reading, uh, you know, uh, uh, Revelation 21. You know, the 1,380-mile square cube, uh, two-thirds of the size of the United States is a big place. So I knew I could at least start there. So So, I guess inspiration as an artist was, hey, I want to draw heaven. So that's sort of how it started. Okay, so just to bring our our reader, our listeners up the par here, and some we might be new believers or not, maybe not as familiar the uh, temple, just by way of background, I mean, when our Lord delivers the Israelites out of Egypt through the shed blood of the Lamb without spot or blemish after 400 years of captivity, in chapter 25 of Exodus, God will tell Moses to make a tabernacle. It's basically a portable uh, temple in the wilderness. And then, of course, they'll do that. But once they come into the promised land under Solomon, God will direct Solomon to make a fixed structure temple, which very um, detailed, high detail with yeah. furnishings and, and fabric. And then, of course, when our Lord comes, he will actually stand in front of the second temple. You'll see this in John chapter 2. And he'll say, destroy this temple, and I will raise it in three days, referring to his body. Uh, and, of course, we do know that uh, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in the year 70 A.D., Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Now we as individuals, and once we receive Christ, we actually become a temple of the Holy Spirit, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, as well as uh, mm-hmm. uh, chapters, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse. Now, but now we encounter, as you opened up the, the book of Revelation, is John, while he's on the island of Patmos, receives this incredible revelation only book in the Bible that, as you referred to, Willis, there's a special blessing for those that will, uh, as he says here, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. So there's a special blessing for those that hear it, read it, and keep the things. And what you've done, as I can see here, as David and I are both looking at this, 
is you kind of take in the different uh, descriptive um, uh, words, the things that John saw in this, when he's caught up to the heavens, and you kind of put it in this, this will you say it's a six-foot panel work of art. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, the, the the drawing started as pencil sketches, uh, lead lead pencil drawing on vellum paper, of which you can see through, so you can do tracings and overlays in order to get gradually more detailed into the drawing. But yes, it was basically putting that and then transferring that drawing over to the canvas, uh, line art, and then sort of paint by number, start to fill in the colors and, and make the image. So that was the general process of making the painting. How long did it take you, Willis? The, the challenge was to figure out what to put in the painting. Right. How long did this project take you? Um, that's a very good question. It was over time, so I would work on it, you know, for three or four months and then take a break. So 2015, the line drawings, underlay sketches took place. 2018 to 2021, the painting process took place. Okay. So, final stroke of paint went on November 2nd, uh, 2021. What, what surprised you the most on this project? I'm sorry? What surprised you the most when you were doing this project? Um, I would say that how much... You know, the, the intent was for, for me to learn about heaven and what physical things could be in heaven that we could represent it in a painting. Most artists, when they draw heaven, they either they'll focus on the, the holy throne, which has the Lord and the living, the four living creatures with six wings right. and the, the, uh, the smaller things. So you can focus in on the throne room or you can focus out on a big landscape. I see uh, what that. I wanted to try to do is draw what's in between. Uh -huh. You know, once you walk in the park, what are you going to see? So that was sort of the inspiration behind it as far as, you know, finding out what to draw. But I think what surprised me most is, you know, how many references we got, symbolic references, color references, uh, you know, uh, in the Bible that you could actually then represent, draw, symbolize in a drawing. So we could go to this one drawing and point to it and say, oh, that's a symbol or representation of heaven or something that's in it. The bigger picture is I just wanted to inspire myself and inspire children or other adults that don't know about the possibility of heaven. So the, I think the big surprise is, is once I got the painting done and I started to show it to people, they were in awe of what they saw and how much they, I think the colors and everything just sort of stood out. And I think the main feedback I got was people that saw the presentation of the alien said that they had no idea, you know, how much was in heaven or what the possibility was. So that was the... Uh, I guess the cake, uh, the icing on the cake was to know that I had achieved somewhat of the goal of inspiring people to find out even more just about the subject, if not just for their personal, hey, I want to make sure I go there. <laughs> there you go. Okay, yeah. David? <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, Willis, you also do 3D prototyping, right? Correct. Uh, did, did you actually create a model in 3D of your canvas drawing? Oh, boy, uh, you know, yeah. 
the Lord inspired me to actually try to do that yeah. a couple months ago uh, or a couple weeks ago, thinking, well, what's the next step after the painting? Right. Uh, you, you may know that there are uh, Jewish uh, scholars that have done 3D scale models of the Millennium Temple, uh, Ezekiel's Temple. Uh, so there's the technology that you can do architectural models these days, but... Uh, I'm not sure we could tackle this one in a 3D print. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I was just curious. You'd have to probably break it up into quadrants and do well, and do a section at a time. Thing. It's like, you know, yeah. you can only show so much, and then unless yeah. you zoom in on the details, the people aren't going to get it, you know. So yeah. that's the challenge of the designer. You know, like the, uh, the big... Um, Exhibit show they used to have in Atlanta of the Civil War, the yeah, panorama, right. you know, where they've got the landscape out with the background that blends into it. So it would have to be building size, I think, to pull it off. <laughs> but it's a wonderful thought. I don't know if I could take it No, off. sure. Thank you for the, the uh, inspiration. Oh, no, yes. And, you know, one of the things that, that I really love about, uh, about the uh, throne room is when it comes to the Tree of Life. Now, I, I, I bet that was a beautiful uh, thing when you were researching it, just, just to get our hands around that. You know, we're going back to the Garden of Eden, and uh, everything is, is uh, you know, forgiven, and we're back to where we started, right? I mean, so, so when you depict that... Um, 7.0, yes, it? Yes, yeah, 7.0, the Tree of Life. Uh, on one side of the river stood the Tree of Life, hearing 12... Uh, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations. Revelation 22, 2. And blessed are those who wash their, um, their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates of the city. That's Revelations 22, 14. So how do you get to the tree of life in the throne room? Well... My perspective, I was first just focusing on the tree, was a challenge I had was figuring out what are the 12 fruits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I researched fruits that were available back in the time of Jesus, and, you know, uh, and then, of course, we had the rainbow influence mm -hmm. of, you know, going from a... Uh, you know, a pomegranate red all the way around the, uh, the spectrum to the violet uh, um, grape or something like that. Yeah. So we had that to work with. But, you know, I think the, the main thing was that almost a third of the drawing of the throne room is the tree of life. And it's the very center bottom. I and see it, yeah. I yeah. think the tree, of, the tree of life and the river of life are the two overlooked aspects of what, uh, how important those two things yes. are to the people in heaven, if yes. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's exactly why I wanted to talk about it, because that's kind of the way I felt, too. And that ties in with the Garden of Eden, with the, with the four rivers and the tree of life, and how... You got you got Genesis with the fall, and then you have the uh, at the end of the Book of Revelation where every you know there's no more curse, and then the tree of life is represented, and uh, you know we see the holy city coming down. So just to open it up here, well, it's just uh, when John gets this in John chapter four, David and I just did a study about a year ago on the seven churches mm -hmm. in Revelation chapter. Two and three on the radio. I think it took us, I don't know, two yeah, months or easily, something. Easily. But when John caught up, John chapter four, the throne room, it says, uh, a door was open in heaven. I heard a trumpet come up here. Then he's in the spirit. And then he says, verse three, and he who sat on the throne, 
like Jasper, Sardius, stone in appearance, and there was the rainbow around the throne in appearance. And the throne were 24 thrones, and the thrones I saw 24 elders. So I see you depicting that right at the pinnacle. Am I right? It's right up there. And mm -hmm. then you have the the celestial uh, beings here, you know, the um, uh, the cherubim. Uh, and I find it very interesting where he says, Before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. In the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. You yeah. see that? Okay. Yes. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it. that is really cool. Yeah. And the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature like the face of a man, the fourth was like a flying eagle. So, very interesting. You know, you're picking up on these, these. you know, when the revelation is just loaded with, yeah. with imagery. You know, no you don't kidding. think about it, you know, until you actually well, see it. You know, it. And, and a lot of people don't want to read revelations, John, because it talks about the ends of time. But this is what we were saying before, the importance of revelation, because there's so much good news in it. So, such as, you know, seeing the throne room yeah. and understanding what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. Yeah, and, and yeah. of course... Tree of Hollywood life, you and know, everybody everything. has yeah. capitalized on, on uh, you know, yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah. Well, the apocalypse simply means unveiling, but right. they, they focus on disaster, yes, and, yeah. uh, plagues, etc. And, and but at the end of the book of Revelation, it, it, there's this real tone of mercy uh -huh. where the it says here, it says, uh, where are you? Uh, at the very end of the book of Revelation, where it says in verse 17, chapter 22, and the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears it say, come, let him who's thirsty come, whoever desires, let him take the water freely. So it's invitational. Mm -hmm. to, it's not like oh, the wrath and all that is contained within there, but we want to flee the wrath to come. But I like the fact that the book of Revelation ends with the bride and the Holy Spirit, the yes. bride and the church. Yes. And that brings in Willis's drawing with the waters. You see these waters, you know, mm -hmm. to come freely. Uh, and of course, water, particularly in the Middle East or wherever you go, yeah. is, is what's necessary for life and mm -hmm. for spiritual life to, to draw in this water. So you do capture those things well, Willis, uh, you know, and causes uh, one to uh, kind of isolate on different elements in your portrait, in your picture here, and then go back yeah. to the book of Revelation. What I did when I first saw it is I would, it got me to go back into the Old Testament temple and you see a lot of these kind of things. Remember, it says in Hebrews that Moses was to to build the earthly tabernacle on the heavenly vision that he had of the real thing that was in almost like a little prototype, if you yeah. will. You know, scaled-down <laughs> model. Yeah, yeah, right. But all these yeah. elements yeah. that were back there, maybe you could talk to that, that were in, let's say, Solomon's temple right. and the rebuilt temple. Uh, th these features are like magnified or they're just amplified in this heavenly temple. Maybe you could expand on that a little. Sure. Well, I think one thing we also want to share that if, if you go to the white light design, uh, throne-light, um, if you go to the bottom of the table of contents, there's actually the painting with a keyed numbered, uh, uh, it's, it's a Bible key, so you can look at the painting and it, it has a number by it, which then will reference that item, such as uh, the Boaz column or pillar, and then it, you can look up the scriptures that are referenced to that. So I tried to use the painting as a tool that you could choose, so I just want to make sure the audience knew they could look up the, the Bible-coded uh, keyed uh, version that's also in the website uh, page at the bottom. You need to go to the table of contents. Right. You did a great job with that. Well, yeah, it's really did. It helps uh, anytime you have a key mm -hmm. like that, and you, you can mm -hmm. navigate. And every 
every piece of your on the picture, the different uh, furnishings in that in the in the heavenly tabernacle are um, are labeled, are numbered. Then you can cross reference that to you. Uh, yeah. But uh, well, go on, Willis. That's, that's where you were getting to, John. Is you know to figure out what to put in there. My challenge as the designer was how many symbols or cues can I put in the painting that will feel like heaven, but also encourage you to go look up. Uh, you know the uh, the various aspect of it, such as the tree of life. So, uh, the you know the pink level or the second level is the wedding uh, reception. It has the wedding cakes, so that's where all the reunions happen. So those various elements of the uh, temple, of course, we try to tie into the painting, and that's what the the coded key was all about to clue you that you know if you want to look up this item about heaven in the Bible, you can uh, find the actual verses. So, so just touching on that, the wedding mm-hmm. theme, the great uh, wedding feast. Uh, you know, the banqueting when the bridegroom comes for his bride. And, you know, this is very interesting because um, way back in Genesis, and uh, Genesis 2, when God creates Adam and Eve, and he says the two shall become one, that's matrimony. You know, the two mm-hmm. shall become one. But that, that, that union is used with Israel and God. You know, he, 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 he's betrothed right. to Israel. And yes. with the book of mm-hmm. Isaiah, it talks about yeah. how his... Bride, his wife went estranged when he calls her back mm-hmm. and he woos her back. But then you come to the New Testament. Of course, you have Jesus as the bridegroom yeah. and the church as the bride, and he references continually mm-hmm. this idea of this wedding feast, this wedding, this great feast that's going to. And you see it uh, in, of course, you see it in Revelation. You see it depicted in Willis's uh, drawing here. But that idea of union mm-hmm. of one man, one wife runs from. The beginning, yes. the very beginning, yeah. to the very end. It's like it's like the um, the grain of God's revelation to man, yes. and that's why marriage is under assault today because people people don't understand this is God's. This is in the in the very woof in the weave of of, of the fabric of uh, yes. Scripture, His great redemptive plan. Mm-hmm. Do you find that to be true, Willis? This unity. I I think that the invitation to the party is is all there is uh you know and how do we get there uh the wedding reception which is the grand reunion you know i think the most encouraging thing i learned while reading about heaven and the other people that uh, have made descriptions of it is many of them describe that they saw their past relatives you know across the fence or, or or saw them spoke to them so the reunion of just knowing that I get to go back and see my father again and hug and cry because I never, you know, got to do that. That's my encouragement, and that's the encouragement, you know, I hope for most people that I, we, we get to go to this wedding reception and we get to celebrate with our whole family. Yeah, right. And just for our audience, because I know some are not yet believers, we have many people that are interested and curious and the wedding invitation is out there every mm-hmm. day. You know, God is not willing that any should perish, no. but we must respond to that invitation. And it, the, it says in John chapter 1, to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become a child of God. And so that's why in the book of Revelation, you're going to find out those that are acceptable. Coming, You know, when you went in the Old Testament to the wedding feast, you had to have proper clothing. Well, the New Testament talks about God's people they have white robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. So how do we get to the wedding feast? 
is is through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think this is important because we live in a time when people think uh, it's y'all come. You know, I mean, yeah. It, 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 yeah. But there's a you know, he that has the son has life. He that does not have the son of God does not have life. But the wrath of God abideth upon him. It says that in John chapter three. It says that in First John chapter five. And so you're right, Willis. This idea, the reunion, and we're going to be, you know, the redeemed of the Lord. Uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But what we always close our show with is that people make sure of their salvation, as it says in Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse five and six, that we examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith, and that is to say, is Christ in you? That hope of glory. But I think your depiction yeah. is well taken, and there is a grand reunion. I mean, it just that's one of the the blessed hopes, you know, when we yeah. go to heaven. Yeah, I think the other thing is, you know, as an artist, uh, you know, I create things uh -huh. uh, from nothing. I can I can take somebody's idea and turn it into a three dimensional prototype. Well, that ability to create to incept an idea and make it happen is all about God, you know? That's mm -hmm. what God did. Uh -huh. So he, he can have the thought and create it. So in order for you to get to heaven, you have to know about it. You have to learn about it. You have to have it in your mind. You have to envision it, which is what the designer does. So if you don't know about heaven, then you need to learn about it so at least you know where you may want to go and you can evaluate. It's like if you're going to plan a vacation, aren't you going to find out about where it is before you go there? So that's how I tried to think about it. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, that that's really what David and I are all about, and, and even for this radio platform, yes. is to encourage people. <clears throat> yes. You know, it says in Hebrews, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, I mean, uh, the, the, every day mm -hmm. the, the welcome mat is out there, and uh, God is, uh, is is saying to people, you know, this is the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by him. And so these kind of programs or artists, and we have writers on and people that are involved in all kinds of ministries. But what we stress again is, is to be secure in that relationship. Because there's quite honestly people that may not know much about the Bible, let alone the book of Revelation, yeah. but they can be very secure in their salvation because they know that they repented and they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then they start walking on that uh, that pilgrim road. Uh, you know, then all of these kinds of things, you know, books and, yeah. and devotionals and art and uh, testimonies are really a way to strengthen as we go along. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, you know, the other neat thing, Willis, that I I always uh, thought was really cool is the cherubim guards. So yep. uh, when you were studying that, I mean, how how did you envision envision painting them? Um, you know, what, what, what came across your mind when you thought about, now, John, where was, uh, where was, um, Satan or Lucifer? Wasn't he one of the cherubim guards? Well, he's called the anointed cherub. When you Cause he was Ezekiel. up by the throne room, right? Oh, yes. Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah okay. chapter uh, 14. So what, what was his was place then? Yeah. Well, he was very highly exalted. It's called Lucifer. It means light. Yeah. Bear. Right. He was cast down, but then you do have the cherubim. You'll even see them in mm -hmm. the garden of Eden. Yeah. When Adam and Eve are are exiled out, right. and, but they're there with flaming sword. Heaven, you don't see, you see their presence there. Right. And Willis can expand on that. But uh, yeah. they guard the throne. I mean, yeah. they, they, they are worshipers. Or uh -huh. There's a certain yeah. idea of guarding. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and well, so, you know, can you describe the cherubim to the audience? It is really a cool uh, feature of the throne room. Sure. Well, you know, to start with, the, the four uh, living creatures uh, which surround uh, the throne having six wings, one being the man, the ox, the eagle, uh, and the lion, uh, those are the six-winged creatures. I interpret those as being the seraphim. Uh, I think described in Isaiah. But the cherubim, which are the ones that are carrying on the sea of glass, are described to have as four wings and four heads. Again, the man, the lion, the ox, and the eagle. So, you know, I assumed they were big, and I assumed, uh, you know, that uh, you you had to draw them in the various positions of, you know, you can you can draw them flying, but it describes them as when they're in the presence of the Lord, they cover their eyes and they cover their feet. Uh, so, in the guarding in the in the position of drawing them, I knew they had big wings, and I knew that when they were standing at attention, their wings were folded, covering their feet, and they had four heads. So, with that sort of start and uh, some of the descriptions of how they looked like burning coals or burning embers. Uh, that was sort of influence, so we wanted to make them look like they were flaming or very bright in appearance. So those are some of the clues that the, you know the Bible gives us on what they're represented as. And many artists have tried to draw the cherubim as well. So I had a little bit of influence of being able to look at other artists' renditions of it. But uh, ultimately, it, you know, what we came up with, I think, it was a a good compromise to represent the cherubim as the guardian angels of the throne room, two of them standing by the main door. Hmm. So, Willis, what what do you do now? Do you take this around? Uh, do you give lectures or do you, you are you on YouTube? Or how do you go about and explain, you know, and then, uh, yeah, kind of like what well, the ministry? Yeah, actually right now, John, it, it's really just started. We just unveiled the painting, uh, you know, a month or so ago. So, we're sort of starting the process, so we are open for invitation on sharing the painting and the presentation. There's about a 30-minute uh, PowerPoint presentation that goes with it where we explain some of the stuff we're talking about of why we did the painting and some of the background to it. Uh, so in, in general, you know, we just want to try to share it as much as we can. So uh, some, I could foresee some sort of a Bible study that was dedicated to the throne room or to heaven uh, as well. But we're, we're using the pamphlet uh, that you received, the 11 by 17, that we can share by mail and or uh, we could set up a presentation. We did one corporate presentation about a week after we unveiled it, but we're really just in the infancy stage of trying to share the art and share the conversation. So that's why we were so uh, excited to, to be on your show with you. Yeah, because I mean, it, like it gets the people into the Word of God and the yes. Book of Revelation. I mean, I, yeah. like I was just quoting mm -hmm. from chapter four, and then he goes in, and then you have all of these things. You like the sea of glass, and then then the throne of living creatures, the four living creatures, and then it shifts in in chapter five to the Lamb that's on the throne with again a lot of descriptive um, uh, images, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that John is seeing, and it's it's a very Interesting. I mean, apocalyptic, or anytime you have Zechariah, Daniel, Ezekiel, it's a different language. It is. It's a different, yeah. you know, you see uh, this creature coming out of the sea with seven heads. Well, that's not a Loch Ness monster. What is it that represented? <laughs> yeah. Or the women that rides the beast yeah. on the earth? Right. 
So what you've captured is everything going on in the heavens, which is really, really great, mm -hmm. Willis. And then you yeah. got all this stuff that's going on in the earth that's kind yeah. of imagery related. Uh, yeah. I think that's why even unbelievers are attracted to the book of Revelation because, A, it's very curious, it's yeah. strange, it has yeah. a sense of doom because mm -hmm. they don't understand God's mercy and grace mm -hmm. that runs through it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. I can see this is a real conversation starter Absolutely. and say the centerpiece is the throne. And you, you've you depicted this on a mount, which is really interesting, yeah. uh, which yeah. is uh, the temple structure in the Old Testament, this idea Mm -hmm. And the, the mount was where God met man, you know, the mountain town, and then these rivers that fertilized the uh, the earth, you know, and watered the earth. And so it's really interesting, yeah. Willis. Go on, Willis. I didn't want to stop. Well, that's okay. You know, the, the painting itself is really uh, a perspective of the inside of New Jerusalem, which, of course, is descri described as coming down from heaven, uh, the 1,380 miles, which is like two-thirds the size of the United States cubed. So it's a very big cube, uh, has 80-yard uh, uh, thick um, walls, so pure jasper clear walls. The base of the walls are the foundations, uh, the precious stones uh, described as the, you know, the 12 apostles. But uh, the painting itself was try to capture what's inside this huge cube. And of course, in the center of the cube is the holy mountain, uh, the throne room. We were limited to, you know, we know there's many mansions or many rooms. Right. So I did depict many mansions surrounding the entire uh, uh, view. Of course, we're only looking into a corner of the throne uh, cube or New Jerusalem heaven. So you only get a corner perspective, but you get a perspective of the mountain and uh, the 24 elders. We have the second level of the 144 servants, or representing the 144,000. We have a praise choir. We have a full orchestra. Uh, you know, I truly believe that music is the language of heaven. Yeah. You know, people that have described going there says you don't speak, you hear it, you feel it, you sense it. And the music is just, you know, goes to your bones. So. Music and, and all that, and how it's how it's depicted, I think is so important to knowing, uh, you know, what's what's in heaven and what we can look forward to. Yeah, I mean, even when God speaks, it, it's 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 in like this melodious uh, uh, tone. Mm -hmm. How does John describe it? Yeah, I mean, sometimes he it says he hears and then he sees. You know, I mean, John will say, uh, I, I heard a voice and then I saw. He says in verse five of chapter five. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Uh, and then I looked. You know, he hears, then he looks. He hears, mm -hmm. then he looks. And he, you're in this really interesting place when you start describing heaven. And I find the, the idea of cube coming down. And, of course, there's no need of sun or moon. God is the light that illuminates this thing. But the cube yeah. was the basic dimension of the Holy of Holies yeah. in the tabernacle in the Old Testament mm -hmm. and in the temple also. Was it not, Willis? Yeah, well, you actually presented one of the challenges of doing the drawing is, you know, the Lord is the light, and there are no shadows. And when most artists draw or paint something, they have the, uh, you know, the opportunity of light bouncing off of it and shadow to create the three-dimensional image. But I couldn't use any shadows in it. Yeah. So uh, drawing the uh, architectural elements uh, the, uh, without use of shadow was really a challenge from a painting standpoint. But I think the big picture for me was, you know, I know as a designer that a picture is worth a thousand words. 
And if I could create an image that would help tell the story, share the story of heaven, that it would mean more than me writing five books or ten books about it, that hopefully the one painting would inspire you just to go to the main book <laughs> and look it up and learn more about it and, and share it. So that was the, the big picture of why the painting was done. And it had to be six foot by six foot just to get everything into it. Boy. And what do you wow. use? What kind, what kind of paint are you using here? It's acrylic. So okay. all the colors are custom mixed. You know, a few of them come straight out of the tube. You can buy yellow and green. But everything is mixed on a, in a little, uh, you know, dish um, mixed, blended with water. Acrylic paint is somewhat transparent when you put it on it, so you got to know that, and you layer the paint to get the depth of the color you want. But it's a brush on, and I probably went through a hundred, or well, let's say at least fifty tiny little brushes with little bitty bristles, oh, wow. because you could only use that brush for about an hour, and it would be—you couldn't use it anymore. So then you'd have to get a new brush. So well, you capture water well. Painting I... and a lot of little brush strokes. I like the water. Notice the water. Yeah. He captures yes, the light. Yes, right. Reflecting. I like that. Absolutely. Crystal clear. Yeah, that's really neat. I mean, some of your, yeah. some of it's so tiny, I can imagine you'd look at like a one, one threaded brush, huh? Well, it, it did come down to that. I can tell you that each blade of grass is bowing to the Lord. Hey, I know. Oh, look at that. I like that. That is interesting. Wow. Wow, this is amazing. You know, like I said, I think... To cause curiosity and to, for people to look at this and say, you know what, I want to read. I want to read about this. I want to look at the throne room. I want to look at descriptions of heaven, or let alone, you know, this this heavenly city that's coming down at the end of the book of Revelation. And I think that's what your painting is, is doing here, Willis. You know that, uh, you know, end of the day, you know what we want is 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 people to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and to secure their salvation and and to live there for eternity. Jesus says, "What does it profit a man?" To gain the whole world, but mm -hmm. lose his soul. I mean, mm -hmm. th this lifetime is just a vapor, you know. It is. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. We've said <laughs> time's that many moving times. on. You it know? is it's moving on. Yeah. Well, John, I I certainly don't feel qualified to uh, uh, you know quote scripture, uh, you know, to give opinions. But you know, I'm hoping just as an artist that in my small way we can share this drawing. Maybe someday we can arrange to uh, bring the whole painting up to Ohio. I'm from Cleveland, so we'll bring it up there and have a public exhibit of it sometime with uh, your audience if they're open to that. So we can certainly maybe arrange today that, but we'd love the audience to see the painting full size. It's uh, That'd be quite great. a different experience than seeing it in 11 inch by 11 inch. So what do you do? Is it, is it you roll it up, is it canvas, or is it several uh, panels that you fold up? No, it's one big canvas, so it takes a box truck to get it there. Boy. Well, you should take a picture of it uh, with you standing next to it and send it to us, if you wouldn't mind, just so we could see it. I'll, I'll do that. I, I do have a, a picture of somebody uh, viewing it so you can get a sense of the scale of it, so I'll Great. certainly send that to you. <clears throat> Thank oh, yeah. you. I think I may have seen that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, and, uh, John, I, I wanted to mention one thing about the painting that's sure. not really on there, and it was inspired from uh, one of the books I read about heaven, but... It was sort of a, I had an area in the painting to put something in there, so I put what's called the abortion fields. And it's uh, uh, basically rows of uh, angels standing over pedestals that have uh, the aborted babies that they're raising uh, as they uh, have entered heaven. So it's just something I was important, as you know, close to my heart, trying to forgive myself for those decisions that I made as a youngster. 
But uh, just so your uh, audience knew that there was just one element in the painting that we thought was important. Is that in the upper right? Uh, I, I don't have the my... Upper right and upper left, right below the, the round little pond. Got it. I see it. I see it. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, yeah, yeah. The souls of the innocents, you know. And yeah. then... Uh, uh, but, you know, and then to understand that you're forgiven, well, you know, that's that's the, the you know, though, the, the, like I said, the snow always reminds me, you know, come let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be, and all of us uh, are sinners saved by God's grace, you know, and all of us have a past. Somebody once told me there ain't a sinner that was, there ain't a sinner that can't yeah. be a saint, ain't a saint that wasn't one time a sinner. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that's the purpose of yeah. the cross, you know, and then mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. Yeah. So you, did, you well, know, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the the thing that I learned that brings it down to the simplicity I can, you know, as a designer, is I, I sort of think that the key to heaven or the key to getting into heaven is belief. You know, if you mm-hmm. believe in it, you'll get there. You're forgiven. You just have to believe you're forgiven as well. But if you don't believe it or inquire about it or want to find out about it, how can you get there? So that key to heaven is you got to believe in it. And even if it's a little, that's enough to get you in the door. Right. I mean, for people listening, we just have a couple minutes left. You know, they said in the day of Pentecost after after after. Peter's great uh, sermon. They said, what must we do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And of course, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that whoever believeth upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So many people, particularly in the pagan world back then, didn't know the Bible very well. They were still becoming Christians on a very limited understanding that they were a sinner. Mm -hmm. Jesus is a savior sent into the world to save them. And that heaven is there, is going to be their home. As a matter of fact, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But one day, literally, our bodies in the great resurrection are going to we're going to inhabit this place that that Willis is portrayed here in the painting with bodies, with resurrected yes. bodies, glorified bodies, which really mm-hmm. each one of these elements spurs some kind of discussion. Yes, you know. So yeah. you're, you're right. It, the key is belief. You know, that's John three sixteen. You always see that in the end zone. You know, these football games. But uh, yeah. believe, you know, and uh, and it says in John chapter one, there's too many as receive. We didn't understand this well as David and I growing up. I mean, yeah. did you, David? I don't no. know. No. Uh, what it meant to receive that free gift of salvation no. to inhabit this this place he's depicted in this painting. Well, you know, um, yeah, you, yeah. You, go you ahead, Wells. You, you know, you're given a key, you know. Well, a lot of people don't know the gospel, and mm-hmm. a lot of it was well, you, you go to church, you do this, you do this, you do different things, but to understand what it means to repent, to turn mm-hmm. my back on my old way of life, and by simply faith, receiving Jesus Christ, yeah. and the promise where he says, I have not seen or ear heard what great things God has prepared for those that love him, and it's just, it just it's, so maybe let me just talk to the audience uh, we hope to like continue with Willis down the road here, and, and as he this develops more and more. But maybe you've been listening, and maybe you've not maybe you've not thought about heaven and, and what lies you know after this short lifetime. I mean, the average age on nine eleven of those people going up in those twin towers about thirty five years old. You know that they didn't think that was yeah. the last day. Yeah. They didn't think that was the last day. <clears throat> but to be prepared, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people, and realize is we you may not understand a lot about heaven you may not understand a lot about the book of revelation or the book of ephesians but what you can understand is god sent his son 
lived a perfect, sinless, yep. holy life, fulfilled all kinds of prophecies, died on the cross for you and for me, shed his blood, buried three days, rose from the dead, ascended mm -hmm. to heaven. We're looking at here this depiction that Willis has put together, and that he wants us to take us there with him. You may not know much of the Bible, but if you know that, you have the essential gospel message to get into heaven. Yep. Any thoughts, Willis? I want you to give out your contact information one more time before we close in a couple of minutes here. Okay. Uh, so you can reach me at willis at whitelightdesign.com, or you can go to the whitelightdesign.com slash throne dash light uh, to look up the uh, the painting. You know, I think I think the last thing and most influential thing that uh, made me do this or had me influenced to think I was even qualified to try it was the Lord's Prayer and, mm. you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I, I thought, if it's in heaven and he describes it, it must be on earth. Many descriptions back and forth. So I certainly wanted to get there and I sure hope our audience will consider heaven a little bit more in their conversations and uh, rest assured they can get there if they desire. Well, Amen. God bless you, yeah. Willis, and you and Debbie. I know this is a collaborative effort. You guys both put a lot of work into this and a lot of, a lot of thought. And um, you know, just that God has blessed you with this this skill set and this 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 ability to make these depictions. I mean, I can see your artwork going in so many different directions. You know, David. Oh yeah. Did, uh, yeah, e even breaking this down uh, and describing parables. Yes. Describing. The, he could do it in so many areas. Yeah. yeah. And create curiosity mm -hmm. and interest in. Uh, so continue on, Willis. God bless you. And uh, you've given out your contact information. Anybody wants to argue, look at the show, uh, of course, you, it'll be on the radio uh, 9 to 10. We're not sure mm -hmm. this Saturday, the following Saturday. Right. It all depends how the station will put it up. Yep. But um, you can go to john1421.com. John 14. All our shows are archived. Yes. We've had so many different guests. I know. So many different Bible studies, apologetics, uh, proofs of the Bible, uh, all kinds of things. But um, this is a kind of unique one. I it don't, is. I can't remember. We had an artist. We, had the we have not had anything yeah. like this. We yeah. had some other different ones on. Yeah, thanks again, Willis, for joining us, and God bless the work you did here. So well, once Thank you, thank you, David. Thank you, John. We, we certainly appreciate it, Debbie and I both, and our family, and uh, we'll look forward to sharing with you again, and hopefully uh, you guys will get to see the painting in, in person. That'd be great. So this once again, this is WNZN Radio coming from Lorain, Ohio, uh, 89.1 FM. Power radio, mm -hmm. as we understand. Power. So hopefully we're coming near the end of this COVID and everything else, and yes. spring isn't that far around the corner. But you've gotten Willis's contact information. You can go. He has a nice, uh, you, you went to the YouTube site, did you? Yes, uh, yeah. very nice. Very nice. Yes. As well as your, uh, the we were looking at your uh, your business, your architectural, yeah, uh, mechanical yes, design. Industrial design. Yep. Industrial yes, industrial design. Yes, 3D prototyping. Yeah, yeah product yep. development, which is also an interesting mm -hmm. site. We might follow up on that sometime. Yeah. We have a couple <laughs> projects up here we want to talk to you about. So, Please do. We'd be happy to, you know, bring, bring uh, new things uh, to the market. It excites us. So okay. thank you. God bless you and Debbie, and, and have a blessed year. And uh, thank you for everything you've done, Willis. God bless God you. Bless God bless you. you so much. Take care, Willis. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.